presented by XFL2K.com with your host, Tron Hawkins. Welcome to This is the XFL Podcast. I am your host, Tron Hawkins. Um, I know the Tampa Showcase happened this last weekend, a lot of good talent, but I decided to combine it with St. Louis and do both of them at once, and hopefully be doing a team name episode after that. So this week, I decided to talk about the Spring League. As y'all know, the Spring League's been really important to the XFL so far. That's where they're testing their, uh, not only their rules, but their broadcasting partners, um, and kind of using the Spring League guys as kind of guinea pigs. And I talked to a few of them, and they love playing in the Spring League, and they love, you know, testing out the XFL, XFL rules there. So I know you're asking, what is Spring League? It says on their website, the Spring League is an elite development league and scouting event for professional football talent. The Spring League takes place each year during the spring months of March and April. Additionally, the Spring League holds one-week showcases in the summer and fall. It also states that uh, any player who was draft eligible during the previous year's NFL draft is available to participate in the Spring League. They don't, they don't get paid. Each player accepted into the Spring League receives housing and meals. Additionally, players benefit from elite instruction and coaching as well as the opportunity to be scouted by professional clubs. There's also only four teams, but they have expand, have plans for expansion coming up next season, it says. They do kind of like east, west, north, south kind of deal. They only play uh, two games per session, and it, they play in NFL rules. They're not affiliated with the NFL. However, NFL clubs and scouts do come to this, the practices and the games. This is all practices and games conducted by the Spring League are now open by the NFL, CFL, and the XFL. This is a weird thing. They they have to pay to play. The registration fee is $2,000. So they're pretty much paying <clears throat> to get scouted. They're paying for that opportunity, and they get room and board and meals while they're there. That's pretty much what it comes down to, which is not a horrible deal. I mean, if I knew there's a possibility I could make, you know, 250000 maybe, you know, as a lower end NFL player or seventy thousand um, for the XFL or something, then I I wouldn't mind paying two thousand dollars. I know I could make sixty eight thousand dollars off of it. You know what I'm saying? It says all teams in the Spring League utilize one central location, both for games and practices, allowing NFL scouts, GMs, and other personnel opportunity to evaluate players. They also are evaluated by the CFL and other professional leagues, including the XFL. Many players who participate in the Spring League have spent time on NFL active practice or preseason rosters. The Spring League consists of four games, like I said, two per team, played in April, and then the showcases. 18 NFL teams uh, attended uh, the 2018 Spring League. 24 is the median age of Spring League players, or they're young. 28 NFL teams requested film from the Spring League. 343,000 plus page views on the Bleacher Report Live for the Spring League. So, but the XFL, you know, is kind of using them as a guinea pig, which I get. You know, not only does it help the XFL maybe scout players and test the rules, but we know what the Spring League is now based on them at the XFL kind of giving them that spotlight. And go, oh, I've heard of the Spring League, but the XFL's partnering with them? They must be a big deal then if the XFL is using them uh, to help launch the league. The CEO of the Spring League is Brian Woods. Uh, it's his second attempt at a league. His first was the Fall Experimental Football League, the X, the FXFL. It ran from 2014 to 15. Um, in 2017, they actually played six games instead of the normal four. It says the National Football League um, has not had an official developmental program since in, since NFL Europe. Several other developmental leagues unaffiliated with the NFL have tried, but thanks to the 
this is kind of like a it's a developmental league that's not officially a developmental league you know they're just kind of giving the guys opportunity like i said they pay to try out i mean these guys are just trying to get one more crack at the at the spotlight one more crack at a chance to do something uh in pro football whether it's in canada whether it's an XFL, whether it's, you know, maybe even practice squad for the NFL. Anything is better than sitting at home or getting a regular job. Some of the guys that tried out before, like in the first season, uh, Griff Whalen. The crazy one to me on here, let me see if I can find him again, I'm sorry. Uh, Fred Jackson, the whole running back tried out. Greg Hardy's the one that stick out. Greg Hardy got suspended by the NFL for domestic violence. And, you know, now he's doing like UFC. But then, you know, that's the only place he could play with the Spring League. So there he was. They've signed people, like I said, uh, Griff Raylan signed with the Ravens after the summer showcase game. He went on to sign with the Raiders and stuff like that. Jalen Saunders was a wide receiver in the spring league the first season. Uh, he went on to sign with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Saunders finished 2017 season with over 1,000 yards receiving. So he's a success story, even though it's up in Canada. The big one, though, it was Johnny Menzel playing for the South team for those two games in 2018. I mean, he did okay. Some of these games are low scoring, 30 to 13, 11-7, 34-17, 27-10. But Johnny Manziel's time in the Spring League kind of led him to Canada. So, I mean, that, there's that. Uh, Lorenzo Talaferro, he used to be the running back for the Ravens. He got signed to Canada out of there. He, he didn't do great. Zach Mettenberger played in the 2018 season. Uh, Johnny Menzel, of course. Like I said, he got jacked by the Tiger Cats. So, all, a lot of these guys end up going to Canada. It's crazy that a Spring League where it's warm has mostly scouts from the CFL that get signed to go north to Canada. But it seems like the Canadian, you know, the Canadians kind of find those under-the-rock players. Kind of like the Arena Football League used to do with Kurt Warner and players like that. Kind of like the NFL Europe did with Jake DeLome and some of them people. They kind of scout out the under-the-radar players, which I think the XFL is going to be that for America. I think uh, the same guys, I think that's why the CFL is kind of scared about the XFL, because not only are we taking the coaches, we're going to probably find that secret player that they've been used to finding that has been a star, like Warren Moon. Warren Moon was a big star down here, but he went up there and just exploded. Up in Canada, and then came back down here uh, for a couple more years. Even somebody like Doug Flutie went up there and was a star. But they might not be able to find people like that anymore thanks to the Spring League kind of helping XFL. The thing about XFL is probably going to pay as much as Canada, but they don't have to travel to Canada to do it. Um, so that's kind of where they kind of ease in there. So it says for 2019 season, the Spring League partnered with XFL to test rule changes. The new league hopes to implement for its own 2020 season. One rule change, original proposal of pro football, football talk, is replacing overtime with a two-point conversion shootout. So that's where they've been testing the shootout. At both end zones with five rounds in TSL. Also being tested is the tap rule, which allows their free to send a player to the sideline for less than a penalty-level offense. They play doubleheaders in August, uh, on April 6th and April 11th. Each of the four teams will play two games. For the first time, one of the teams actually has a brand name, the Austin Generals, formerly South. We named to its host city of Austin, Texas, and used the logo and colors of the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. The remaining three teams will retain Northeast and West brandings. So yeah, I don't think there's anything but good things about the Spring League. They're actually doing more testing or more this year than they ever have. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the XFL needing more time. So I, I think, you know, it's... It, I'm wondering 
how they're going to do next year with the XFL going on. Because I think a lot of these players will be moving on to the XFL. I think not only are they getting scouted and testing the rules. Think about it. If you test the rules for this league and they and you do good while you're testing them, the XFL's going to be like, okay, this guy gets the rules. This guy gets it. He needs to be in this league. I'm sure there is a lot of hidden talent in this spring league, and I wish they was on TV this coming up time, which hopefully they are. I ain't looked. Hopefully they're on Bleach Report Live, which is owned by Turner, and um, hopefully they have a chance to show their stuff on TV and to these XFL scouts. Trust me, everything that the XFL does is for a reason. There's nothing that they're doing that don't make sense and ain't for a reason. Everything has everything has a reason to it, and I think them working in the spring league is not only testing the rules, it has to be doing a lot of a lot of scouting. I, w- I just wonder how many of these players that's in the spring league has been to the showcase. I wish if there's anybody listening that can find that out for me. And, uh, I, and email it to me, uh, or mess me on Twitter. So uh, last week, uh, XFL2K found that there was some trademarks filed by Alpha Entertainment for some team names for Seattle. The five team names, team names are the Seattle Wild, the Seattle Force, Seattle Fury, Seattle Dragons, and Seattle Surge. I, don't, I didn't know how to feel about these names at the time. I like, I like most of them. Uh, Seattle Wild just kind of seems basic. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, here comes the Seattle Wild. It sounds like a, a lazy WNBA name, if I'm being honest. Um, the Seattle Force, I could see them doing and just kind of do like a Star Wars kind of deal to it, but, I mean, ABC and Disney, I mean, let's be honest, ABC, ESPN, and Fox are owned by Disney, so they might let them get away with that, because that's where they're going to be on. Seattle Fury kind of it's probably number two. I'm going to rank these in a minute. Um, Seattle Dragons don't do it for me. And I've heard the Dallas Dragon name kind of been floating around. But that don't make no damn sense either. Then the Seattle Surge. That's my favorite. The Seattle Surge. Yeah, it sounds like a, you know... It sounds like a... Arena football team name. Uh, but a lot of people like it. And it's kind of trending a little bit. A lot of people seem to like the Seattle Surge name. Um, so I'm going to rank them. You know, first off is Seattle Surge. I think that is probably the best name of the Buns. Let's do Seattle Fury second. I think that's a really good name. Force would be third just because they can do anything with Star Wars, I guess. And then Wild and Dragons. I just don't want either one of those. Those are tied for dead last. Dead, dead last on that. Seattle Surge sounds good because I always like teams with that kind of like just enunciation, like Seattle Surge. It just goes together. The S is just roll off the tongue, and it's just it just it just works. Seattle Surge. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say the logo should be the Surge can off of uh, off of the old drink that used to give us sugar highs. Uh, but I can see it, you know, Surge. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the Surge. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. If I had to bet money, that would be the team name. However, this could be a way to just kind of get people talking, um, and it could be none of the names. It could be none of the names whatsoever, and it's all just a swerve just to keep us on our toes. I mean, I'm sure they're tired of people asking for the team names, so why not throw some fake ones out there to get people talking? So to end the show here, um, I'm going to talk about a couple of new team presidents. first one's going to be St. Louis, which is probably going to be everybody's favorite team 
because of the little underdog with an NFL team, and I fully support it. Uh, I even did a whole episode based on uh, the history of St. Louis football. They named St. Louis native Kurt Hunziker, most recently the vice president of marketing strategy for minor league baseball, um, the president of the XFL team in St. Louis. He was a University of Missouri graduate and will be responsible for the team's fan engagement and business operations, including ticket sales, corporate partnerships, marketing content, communications, community relations, and game day experience. He said, Vincent Mann, Oliver Luck, and I are fortunate to have an executive as accomplished Kurt join the XFL family, says Jeffrey Pollock. He is a dynamic sports business professional who will put two decades of strategic leadership, creativity, and operational experience to work as we reimagine the game and return football to St. Louis. Hunzecker said, I am thankful for this incredible opportunity to be a part of, of the team that is bringing football back to town. The XFL team in St. Louis will be the first modern professional football team born in and exclusively for this great city. Because Cardinals came from Chicago, Rams came from L.A., so it makes sense. Um, each neighborhood is proud to be a unique subset of the greater St. Louis metropolitan area. I've been blessed to live in quite a few. I pledge to work with Coach Hayes and make this team an integral part of this terrific sports-loving community and look forward to bringing reimagined football and fan-centric fun to the Dome. That thing, Cronky looks like an idiot now. He's talking about how St. Louis is a great sports town. Look at the Cardinals. Look what the Cardinals do almost every year. I mean, they're a great baseball team year in and out. The St. Louis Blues just won the Stanley Cup, and the city went crazy. Cronky was wrong about that. He worked uh, for St. Louis-based Rollins Sports Goods before – um, he went to the MILB. He was a marketing director there. He's an accomplished businessman, and I like how they keep getting these local people to be the presidents of these teams. It, it, it always makes sense who they get. The other president they got named is for Dallas, and it's about time. He they they slowly kind of rode the presidents out. Some of them they did press con- doing them to the press conference. Sometimes they didn't. And he's the last of the eight. It's Grady Raskin. Uh, Raskin most recently served by President Corporate Partnerships for the Dallas Stars, so somebody local again. Also spending time in the VP level of the Texas Rangers. In the Texas Rangers' old ballpark, or now the current ballpark, soon to be old ballpark, is where the Dallas team's playing, so it makes sense. Pollock said he's glad to welcome Grady to the team. As a Dallas native who has called the Metroplex home his entire life, Grady understands the heart and soul of sports fans, and he deeply connected in the business community. We know that alongside Coach Stoops, he will help us connect with the community and build something special. That's the thing. Each president had a local, they know the city. Like, they're not just going to go in blindly and go, okay, how am I going to get these fans to come out? They know what it takes to get the fans to come to the stadiums. And it makes all the sense in the world to grab somebody local like that. The XFL is doing this smart. Not only are they getting local coaches for the most part, they're getting local people to run the teams. They're going to know what to do to get the players out in the community. They're going to know what, you know, neighborhoods to hit to get in touch with the Football fans say, look, football season ain't over. We're here. The XFL attracted an impressive group of coaches and sports executives to its ranks, and I like to thank Vincent Mann and Jeffrey Pollock for the opportunity to lead a team with the legendary Bob Soups, Raskin said. Knowing how passionate football fans in North Texas are, it's humbling and extremely energizing to take on the, this new challenge. We are eager to begin the process of building a first-class organization devoted to creating a fan-first experience and strong partnerships throughout the community. I think... With the offense coordinator they got, the head coach they got, and the president they got, Dallas is going to be a force to reckon with. Dallas, L.A., and Houston. I feel bad for Seattle in that West Division. Because those three teams right there, to me, are the favorites. The East Division is in trouble. The West is where it's at, not only as coaches, but presidents. It's, in, it's, it's insane. Raskin began his 22-year career as an intern for MLB's 
uh, Texas Rangers. He worked his way up to direct their advertising sales. And like I said, he worked with the Dallas Stars. Uh, he has experienced two Western Conference Championships and a Stanley Cup with the Stars and two American League pennants with the Rangers. This man knows his stuff. All these presidents know their community, and I think that's the best part about what the XFL is doing. They get it. They get that they have to get on the community first and foremost to get the fans to come out. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's about the Spring League, and in case you missed it, um, got some news out there. In a couple weeks after the St. Louis, unless something comes up, I'm going to do the episode about Tampa Bay and St. Louis uh, showcases. Thank you for listening. Check out XFL2K.com, XFL Board. Check me out at XFL Podcast on Facebook and the Twitter. And uh, thank you for listening. And I appreciate all y'all's support. And I'll see y'all soon.